Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This Palm Passion, uh, excuse me, this Palm slash Passion Sunday uh, is full of a lot of things, and to try and preach on the entirety of the Passion of Christ, well, I'll kind of leave that to the rest of Holy Week when we gather for uh, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and such. But there is one thing that I really, really wanted to touch on within our text from our gospel uh, today, and that is toward the beginning. Since we are at the beginning of this Holy Week, toward the beginning in Matthew 26, that when Christ tells his 12, his closest Friends, assuredly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them, and each of them began to say, Lord, is it I? And I have to ask you a question. How did it feel saying those words? Because you said them, right? You said them. How did it feel throughout that gospel text for you to say those harsh things of crucify him, do away with him, that to you all of those horrible things that were done to Christ are, <clears throat> that, that to you all those horrible things that were done to our Lord Christ are, are attributed to you. How does that feel? Does it make you feel good? You know, it's very interesting when we do these responsive readings on this passion, I'm actually very surprised at how passionate y'all get at certain parts. Crucify him, crucify him. We kind of get into it, don't we? We can see ourselves there on some level. We can see ourselves, and we should, as the ones who mock him, who spit on him, who, who slap him, who pierce his hands and his feet. We should see ourselves in this way. We should see ourselves as those 12 asking him, Lord, is it I? Lord, am I the one who is to betray you? We should be saying these things about ourselves because it is honest. It's true. We have the capacity for that betrayal. We have it firmly within ourselves as fallen people, as those who are worthy of nothing but condemnation, of temporal and eternal punishment, that within ourselves we have denied Christ more than once, more than twice, probably more than 10 times, more than a thousand times, either silently or actively, we've done it. We have denied our Lord. And sometimes we have not denied him even for as much as, as a bag full of things, of, of, 
30 pieces of, of silver. Oftentimes we, we betray Christ because we don't want any bad words spoken about us. Often we, we betray Christ when we want to avoid a fight. We don't necessarily want to get into it with somebody. When we'd rather not talk about that right now. We'd rather just give it time. Give it time and then maybe I'll have a, t- a chance to actually tell them who Christ is. What he has done. How he loves them because of what he has done in giving his life for them. Oftentimes, we need to ask ourselves, is it I? Am I really capable of this? Because oftentimes, you don't even think about it. When you're at work, when you're with family, when you're with friends, and the opportunity arises, and you have that chance to tell them about who Christ is, and you don't, because you're scared. Because you don't have the strength. Because your flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That in ourselves, our flesh condemns us. That in ourselves, we are supposed to be where Christ is. We should be on the cross. We should be the ones who suffer for our sins. We should be the ones who are spit upon, slapped, and mocked. And that is the wonderful thing about this day. That we're not. We're not. The beautiful thing about the gospel, the richness of the gospel, is that Christ is in your place. Christ takes it upon himself, and he says, all this I gladly will suffer. All this I do gladly according to my Father's will for you. And for what you have done. For what you have left undone. For what you have done in thought, word, and deed. For what you didn't even realize that you did. But you have. He comes, and he tells you, that it is finished, it is done, your sins have been paid for. Where you have mocked me, where you have denied me, where you have spit upon me and chastised me, I forgive you. I forgive you. Christ comes and he does this, being obedient, humbling himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, a shameful, shameful death. That whenever you see a crucifix, kind of like what I have on here, we are trying to be modest with Jesus, that he actually has a bit of cloth covering himself. But in reality, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. He is shamed, and exposed for all the world to see. He suffers this. 
He endures this for you. Not so that you would be guilty, but so that you would be free. So that you would say, Amen. Thanks be to God. He has died for me and I didn't even deserve it. Thanks be to God. I will joyfully follow him. Thanks be to God that he comes and he washes me clean with his blood. That now I wear that robe of righteousness. That all my sins that were scarlet are now white as snow. Thanks be to God for what he has done. So that at one point in time, I found myself saying, Lord, is it I that would betray you? And he says, yes. But still, I suffered for you. I died for you. And still, I come to you. Now, in word and in my body and my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins, that in this life, we taste many things. We taste the pain of sin and death, and yet we also taste the goodness of the, of the payment for sin and death, which is Christ's body and blood. We get to taste and see that the Lord is good. That, that in this gift of that holy meal, the fullness, the richness of Christ's work is there in his death and in his, excuse me, his death and his resurrection and in his ascension, that we feast on the body and blood of Christ so that we would know that although we have fallen short, worse than that, we've actively gone against God. He forgives us because he loves us. And he acts on that love by dying for us. So that when we hear that he breathes his last and that he yields up his spirit, we know that he does it for us. So that we can go through life. So that we can go through life and know that at those points where we are scared, where we don't have the courage that is in ourselves to speak about Christ, to come forward and really do as Peter says and say, I will die for you. Though they all will fall away, I will die for you. That because of what he does, we can keep that word. Not because we are so strong, but because he is. Because he provides that strength, that grace, that peace, that comfort that surpasses all understanding so that we would be kept firm in our faith, so that we would be mindful daily of how he has cleansed us. Because without that, we cannot face the day. It's too evil. It's too hard. But with him, we are more than conquerors. With him who has shed his blood for us, we can go forward. And we cannot be afraid because Christ has conquered death. Christ has given you eternal life according to his blood and his death for you. So as we go forward into this holy week, we keep in mind 
these things that Christ has done. We keep in mind the things that he has done because of what we have done and because of what we have left undone. Not mourning because we do not have hope. Not gloomy because we're sorry for Jesus and what he has done. We go forward mourning our own sins, but also simultaneously giving thanks to God for what he has done in dying and paying the price for those sins so that we could be joyful. This is a time of preparation so that on that Easter Sunday, when we gather, we can, in festal joy, shout, well, the word that starts with an A that we're not supposed to say during Lent, right? That he is, that he is risen, but we're not saying it yet. We hold off. The word that, said, that says, God be praised for what he has done. I saw you shaking your finger at me. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's not quite time yet. So until then, we mourn our sins, but we give thanks to God that we now have life. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.